everyone, welcome to today's podcast where we're talking about how meditation helps you to lose weight. Uh, this is so overlooked and of course it goes into the idea that you're gonna take a mindset approach to mastering your weight. And uh, so in order to do that, we wanna take a step back, right? Because what most people do is they just go forward and start changing their eating or changing their exercising. And what we wanna do when we're doing mindset-based approach, kind of take a step back and see uh, you know, what are we dealing with here? And meditation helps you do that uh, very, very effectively. So, you know, again, it's not just about cutting calories, burning calories. It really becomes about how can I change my eating, how I'm living, how I'm thinking, how I'm responding to my emotions. And without having meditation <clears throat> as part of that equation, I, I don't know how you would do it. I, I really don't because what you'll notice very quickly if you do start meditating is you'll start and, and using those insights into helping lose weight is you're going to realize that a lot of your behavior is driven by these automated responses you have by habitual thought patterns you have and without being able to recognize those how can you ever fix them right they always say if you don't know it's broken how can you fix it and that's where i find a lot of people are at when it comes to their weight loss it's not just enough to just oh, i know what to do and i just gotta get myself to do it it's really a transformation. You're turning yourself into a different version of yourself, a version of you that thinks differently, feels different, and behaves differently. And so you need a process that allows you to make that process happen. And that process is meditation. Uh, again, without that, I don't think I would have been able to master my weight because I would have been unaware of all the subtle factors and forces that were controlling my weight things that were driving my eating <clears throat> and my behaviors and, and ultimately the weight. So meditation, if you haven't done it before, is so simple, you know, and again, it, it comes down to what's your outcome. I think so often we think of meditation, uh, of course, as Americans, we think everything is extremes. So you're like Buddhist monks and it's like, you know, you don't have to meditate, you know, obviously to, to reach enlightenment or, or these really intense goals. Just taking a few minutes a day to quiet your mind, to turn your attention inwards, to become aware of the subtle things that are happening within you, the, the things you say to yourself, the beliefs that you hold, uh, the feelings that you have, the feelings you're trying to avoid. All of these things are what are driving your eating behavior ultimately and driving and controlling your weight. And so we need to have, again, this meditation process where we could take a step back behind these things, right? We realize we're, we're not our thoughts, we're not our feelings, we're not our behaviors. We're this little point of observation, this little point of light um, that's separate from those things. And so with meditation, you, you create that separation and you detach yourself from the habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that have brought you to the weight that you're at. And you start to become aware of those things. And that's really what kickstarts the whole process, it, it, the mindset approach, um, where we're not saying, I know what to do, I just need to get to do it. It's a process of, I'm going to learn more about myself. I'm gonna understand myself more deeply and I'm going to transform and make changes along the way. But it's a process of discovery, more than it is, you know, getting the diet mindset where oh, I just gotta start my keto plan tomorrow. There's so much more to it than that. And I think meditation, um, when you approach it in the most practical and easy way possible, which I'm talking about literally a couple minutes a day to start off with, right? If that's all you got, fine. Because that one minute, I've done one minute meditation exercises with people. One minute meditation is profound compared to zero minutes, okay? So certainly you can work yourself up, you know, depending on what your goals are, but 
I'm telling you one to five minutes regularly of meditation is probably one of the most valuable things you can do to take control of your weight and your health because of course it reveals those habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that lead you to be at the weight you're at. And so um, the real, I'll give you a quick kind of rundown of how I approach meditation and hopefully you can use this if you're unexperienced with it. Now, if you if you do have experience with it, just do what you know, okay? It doesn't have to be anything crazy. All we're doing really with meditation at its most basic level is we're taking all this energy, our mental intellectual energy, and we're turning it inwards. That's all. And so the simplest meditation there is is to close your eyes. That's a key part because most of your brain is dedicated to visual, deconstructive visual stimuli. So the second you close your eyes and stay awake, it is such a powerful state and we close our eyes, we're staying awake, and we bring our attention to our body first. We relax, relax the shoulders, the face, chest, stomach, and just breathe more fully, right? So simple. And so you just bring your awareness in here, calming things down. And now you carry out the intention and the intention is to quiet down in here, right? So we're quieting our thoughts, right? The, the goal is, the ideal is to have no thoughts. Now that's not gonna happen, unfortunately. You're gonna have thoughts, but it's no big deal. So when you have a thought and you realize you're having one, you use that as a reminder to bring your attention back to your body. Relax again, breathe, connect to your breath. And that's it. And if you do this for a minute or so, what happens is you become much more aware of what's going on in here. Um, and how that helps you practically is you start to realize when you're really hungry or when you're emotional eating. You start to realize if you really need to nourish your body or you're just following a habit that you tend to do. Again, this awareness is one of the most powerful tools you can have because, and you may not believe this, you're running on autopilot. We all run on autopilot. And so a lot of our behaviors are outside of our awareness. And so this couple minutes of meditation reveals so much to you. And once it, you're aware of it, then you can go to work on changing it, which isn't that hard. The hardest part is gaining awareness. And if you're not going to take a few moments to turn your attention inwards, I don't know how you're ever going to become aware of these subtle forces, right? So it's, it's just so powerful. And I suggest you, if you have not meditated, make it simple. Okay, again, program yourself down. We always say consistency over intensity. Don't start off with 20 minutes, a half hour of meditation. Start off with a minute or two. Enjoy the process. Make it something that you look forward to because you quickly will. If you set a goal of meditating for a minute a day, you very quickly will look forward to that minute. You will find that it's one of the most peaceful, relaxing minutes of your entire day. And so it becomes something that's very, very easy to get addicted to. And then right after that, you're quickly gonna realize just how valuable it is because it is making you much more aware of the true factors that are ultimately dictating your weight. And that in essence is also giving you more control over the factors that control your weight, which ultimately means you can control your weight more effectively, okay? So there's a lot more benefits to meditation, but I just wanted to lay out some of the initial parts. So if you have not used it, please, please start playing around with it, experiment with it, and notice how it impacts your awareness, your ability to influence your thoughts, your ability to influence your feelings, and ultimately how it helps you influence your behaviors, okay? So play around with it and good luck with it. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Mon Monica, thank you for the rose, I appreciate that. Ms. Independent, how's it going? How you doing? Mishy comes here, nice. The whole gang. <laughs> Mon Monica, you're so underrated, your tips work. Uh, keep it up. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I love when people say that because, uh, again, I always, that's always my favorite 
thing to hear. I, my, my favorite compliment on, in the world is that uh, the, the things I'm saying are practical, you know, because that's my goal. I think we live in a world, uh, a weight loss world, when people want to lose weight. I mean, if you really want to put every workout program, every single diet into the same bucket, they're always telling you what to do and they never show you how to get yourself to do it. And that's really what I've been focusing on 30 years personally, 20 years professionally, uh, is how do you take a person who struggled with their weight their whole life and turn them into a thin, healthy person um, for the rest of their lives? And of course, the way to make that happen is not giving them a diet plan and saying, follow this, or a workout plan and say, follow this. It's this inside out transformation. And so you need to change your mindset, how you're living your life, how you're eating but it all comes down to your mindset, how you're thinking about things uh, is the ground floor. I would say there's three pillars to weight mastery, but I make a pyramid shape. The bottom level is mindset. It's the most important factor. The biggest thing impacting your weight is your mindset. And there's just not a lot of programs out there teaching you how to influence your mindset. You know, So you're flying blind when it comes trying to lose weight. And so I get out here and again, this is a mission for me. You know, My goal is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And um, yes, I do have a coaching program, but I also do all this for free because again, weight is life or death to me. My dad died at 54 of a heart attack. So for me, yes, I want you to look good in the bathing suit at the beach, but more importantly, I want you to live every day that you possibly can. And I want you to have the best quality of life while you're living it. And, and that's why I do this. And so it, it makes me so happy when people say that the tips work because again, these were created and found in the wild with, with real, real actual people. You know, they were struggling, that didn't believe they could lose weight, and then were successful. And what were the techniques and the strategies that helped them do that? And that's what I'm here sharing with you. Um, and so I'm, I'm really happy that they're working for you. Um, how to stop feeling bad after overeating one day? That's a super question. And it really, that's the cornerstone of the Program Yourself Then process, I would say. Because if we take it a step back, what most people, the way they approach their weight loss is in their mind, they're thinking, okay, I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to be perfect until I reach my goal. And I, I got a movie, a video coming out about this because it, it's, it's literally goofy. It's goofy to think like the person you are right now who has struggled to eat well, who struggled to lose weight, who struggled to follow a plan consistently is going to wake up tomorrow on a Monday and just magically just start eating perfect for the next few months to get to your goal weight. You know what I mean? Like that's what you're thinking in the back of your mind. But what are the, I mean, what are the chances of that? Like, like the, the, the idea that you're gonna wake up tomorrow and then be perfect being a different version of yourself is so weird. So programming yourself, then it's really building around how do you deal with mistakes? <laughs> you see, because again, the diets are all built around perfection. You gotta be perfect. That's why you're all or nothing. And with, with programming yourself, then we're all or something. We want to acknowledge and recognize that starting your weight loss plan, hey, why not just start it today? Because you don't have to be perfect. So let's just be better. And then when you make some mistakes with your eating and your food choices, we have a strategy to deal with it. Okay. Now the strategy I teach in the program uses a process called self-hypnotic programming. And we use two techniques, the redo technique and the rehearsal technique. And the redo technique is really the key to the whole thing, because what it's built on is learning from your mistakes. Gasp. <laughs> Can you imagine? Imagine a process where you get to learn from your mistakes to lose weight. Right, so, so it's much more practical because you're gonna make lots of mistakes. <laughs> but typically when you're trying to lose weight and you make mistakes, that becomes 
you getting off the wagon and probably not thinking about it for a couple months, okay? So instead, we want to make mistakes. We want to look forward to them because to be honest, mistakes are your greatest teachers. I promise you. I know you don't want to hear that, but they you don't know how to be thin. If, if you're struggling to lose weight, you've been overweight for a while, it's because you don't know how to be thin. Cut the shit. You don't know what to do and I just got to get myself to do it. That's the dumbest. Don't say that ever again. <laughs> please because just because you have a vague sense of what you should do oh you should stop eating carbs or you should stop eating for 16 hours like just because you have a vague sense of what to do doesn't mean you know how to do it right if you never played the piano it's oh piano it's easy is it hit the keys in the right order at the right time it's easy right i mean it's like we can minimize and say anything's easy but the reality is it's not that easy. And it's the same thing with weight loss. So never again, if you're struggling with your weight, say, I know what I got to do. I just got to get myself to do it. No, you need to learn. You need to learn how to get yourself to do it because you have no clue. You have no idea how to get yourself to do it, right? Again, you got a vague idea of how to be perfect and you have no actual practical strategies to get yourself to do it. And so what I'm suggesting is that you really build around your mistakes. It takes the pressure off them, which has a, a lot of subconscious benefit to it. Uh, but more importantly is you learn from the mistakes. Those, your, your poor eating choices aren't happening because you don't have willpower. They're happening because you have no good strategies in that situation, right? I mean, when are you binging? And I'll tell you when you're binging most of the time, a bad day of overeating is usually preceded by days of over-restricting, you know, usually. Because again, there's the two big, you know, kind of leadings to um, overeating or eating the wrong foods is usually restricting too much. And now you're really hungry and you go, you go crazy um, or it's emotional stuff. You got emotional things you're not dealing with and you're using the food and the cycle of binging and feeling bad about it to, you know, not have to deal with all the other shit that you don't want to feel. And so you're subconsciously using it as a strategy to deal, handle your emotions. Either way, you're using the food as a strategy. OK, and, and so. We, we need a better strategy to, to fix it. In order to fix it, you need to be aware of what the problem was in the first place. So how to stop feeling bad after overeating one day comes down to this phrase, that your brain will give up pain for learning, okay? So you feel bad because you haven't learned anything from the mistakes and the overeating you made. Plain as that, I'll, I'll let you know. That's why you feel bad, because you think it takes willpower to stop yourself. And I'm telling you, that's not the, that's not the case. You need a better strategy. So what you want to do is you want to learn from that overeating. What happened? When did you overeat? What preceded it? Where were you at hunger-wise? Where are you at emotionally right before you started overeating? And that answer is going to give you lots of information that's going to be very valuable. If you were starving and then you overate, well, that's not a willpower problem. That's a shitty strategy. You got yourself so hungry that you lost control. There's no future where all of a sudden you can be absolutely starving and you just stop yourself from eating all the time. Okay? So stop that and instead manage your hunger. That's the lesson in that scenario. You get yourself really hungry and then I overate. Well, instead of feeling bad about it, you say, okay, okay, I can't get myself that hungry. If I could go back in time knowing what I know now, I would have had, you know, I would have eaten a banana there. I would have had an apple there. I would have had a salad. I would have eaten something there, you know? And then I wouldn't have been so hungry and then I wouldn't have overeaten that much. Do you see? You got to learn from that instead of being, oh, I'm a fucking jerk because I overate. Oh, I'm such a bad person. I'm bad. I'm bad. You're not bad. You just got shitty strategies and ideas in your head. So that's the that's the hunger one. The emotional one is, you know, you look at it and say, oh, I, I was I was kind of fight with my partner and I was really upset and I went and overate everything. Okay, well, that's a different story. And so now what you need to do is say, okay, I was really upset. Hey, you know what? It turns out, because you start doing this regularly, you start to say, hey, when I get really upset, I, I tend to go to the food. 
Okay, great. You recognize a pattern. You're learning something. And so now the question becomes, when I get really upset, what can I do to deal with that that doesn't involve food? I know you don't have the answer, but you're not asking that question. And so as you start asking that question repeatedly, you start coming up with other ideas. You start to understand the real story. The real, the real solution when you get really upset and go to food, the real solution is not to eat the food because then you're still really upset. You see what I mean? The real answer is to figure out how can I deal with being upset that has nothing to do with food. And once you figure that out, it might be go for a walk. It could be read a book. I mean, there's a million things. It depends on who you are. And when you figure out some strategies, well, I get really pissed off, now I do this. Because your brain always makes the best choice available to it. And right now, you've got shitty choices available to you. You've got food or not eating the food. Well, that doesn't resolve the deeper issue. Does that make sense? I hope this makes sense because when you start looking at things this way, I'm not saying it's not as fast. Okay. So, so sorry. I mean, it is, as, it is as fast though. I always say that I got to stop saying that because if you lose 10 pounds in a week and then you put it back on, was that fast weight loss or was it not, you know? And if you lose a pound a week for a year and it's easy to maintain, is that fast? You know what I mean? So it's like, I think I, I, I got to remind myself of this. But we need to recognize where you define what is fast weight loss because you're so obsessed with fast weight loss that it's preventing you from getting long-term weight loss successfully. You know, you're so obsessed with just fast weight loss. Um, so anyways, yeah. So I hope that helps you out. Um, but yeah, if y'all have any questions, you know, I'll do what I can to answer them. I got 10 minutes before next client. Nice, 33 million K. What do you do? What, next client, what do you, let me know what you do if you're still here. Um, my favorite part of my evening routine, you're live and learning some great tips. That's awesome, Ishika. I'm glad. I love that. I love being part of someone's healthy routine. I know another person I know does like their lunch break with this, you know, so I love, uh, I love that. Cause yeah, I mean, you know, listen folks, I, I, you know, obviously if you're really serious, you know, you go and join my program, um, and you work with me, um, oh, massage. I was going to, I was just thinking that, I don't know why I thought that, but, uh, that's awesome. Um, and, uh, but, but if you, if you don't, you know, if you can't join the program for whatever reason, uh, watch my TikToks and listen to my podcasts, you know, as much as possible, because I'm not only sharing information with you, I'm using conversational hypnosis to actually help you, you know, create changes, uh, in the way that you're thinking, feeling, and ultimately behaving. All right. Um, do you have any tips for sticking to a diet? I always start, just can never stick to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I would get rid of the idea of dieting, first of all, because dieting's by definition, I always say like like you right now, if you're watching this, Chloe, you have a dieter's mindset. Okay, you think like a dieter. And the outer, a, a, a mindset's like a Russian nesting doll. You know what I mean? Of smaller thoughts and concepts. The outermost concept of a dieter mindset is that it's temporary, right? I'm going to diet until I lose the weight, right? So it's, it's coded subconsciously as a temporary thing. And as soon as you think of it as temporary, the next thought becomes, well, if it's going to be temporary, let's just get it over as quick as possible. I just want to lose weight as quick as I can. And as soon as you think that, well, the only way to lose weight quickly is to do extreme plans. And so you say, oh, what's the most extreme thing I can do? Right. And then you got to be perfect with it. Right. Because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do this extreme thing. I better do it perfectly. Or what's the point? And so it's this, this, this path that you walk yourself down um, that, yeah, it makes it, it's almost impossible. 95% of people that lose weight put it back on. So diets is a failed shit ass strategy. Dieting is a shitty horse shit strategy. I, I can't make it any clearer. It doesn't work well um, because it's literally coded as a temporary thing. So my suggestion to you would be to stop making your goal about losing weight and start making about getting to your goal weight and living the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. 
Okay, that's the first shift you want to make to get you out of that dieting mindset. Because when you think about dieting as a temporary thing, it turns into better to sum it all up. You basically think about weight loss like it's a sprint. And again, with a sprint, if you trip, you lost the race. It, the only thing that can win a sprint is perfection. Um, if you're running a never ending marathon, if you trip, fine, you get time to make up for it. And that's what you're on. You're on a never ending marathon when it comes to your weight, because how long do you want to keep the weight off for? Okay, so you got to clarify that. You've got to stop thinking. Dieters think about their weight in terms of days, weeks, and months. Weight masters think about their weight in terms of months, years, decades, and forever. Okay, so you need to extend your time frame. And once you do that, what happens is you want to start basing what you're doing, right? How you're creating the weight loss. Is this something I'm going to be able to live with, right? So the reason you can't stick to a diet, it's, it sucks, right? And not only that, but you're overcorrecting. Right, you're going from how you normally eat, just normal, doing what you do, which is mostly on autopilot. You don't have to think about; it. you're just gonna do it. And all of a sudden, now you're gonna change everything. You're gonna completely eat different, change all all of your eating. Well, it's very tiring. A, you're cutting calories, but more importantly, now you you have to buy new food, you have to prepare new food, you have to think about new food, you got to eat new food. You're eating completely different, and it's overwhelming. Most diets are an overcorrection. The idea that you're gonna start one day be eating perfect, it's just it's so silly. I, I don't even know what to say. So again, you want to set yourself up for long-term success. And what that means is it probably starts off a little bit slower, okay? Um, instead of changing all of your eating at once, we program yourself, then we focus on your worst eating habit. Let's just focus on that. Because by the way, if you got rid of your worst eating habit, that probably bring you 50% of the way to your goal weight, you know? Because your worst eating habit is showing up many times a week, you know? So I would just focus on that one thing. That's a practical, real strategy and solution to this problem. Trying to change everything all at once. I would say, metaphorically, it's like if you, you never played the piano, you want to play the piano. And you say, I want to learn the piano. I want to learn it quick. And you start playing. I'm going to play it eight hours a day. You know, okay, first day, second day, cramped up fingers. You can't practice at all. And that's kind of what you're doing with the diet. So to, to bring this point home, dieting is, you know, you have a subconscious mind and a conscious mind. And the conscious part of your mind is the logical, rational part that knows why you should lose weight, wants you to lose weight, knows what you should do to lose weight, and tries to get you to do it. That's where your willpower is. Your subconscious mind is the other 90% of your brain. Your prefrontal cortex is about 10% of your brain anatomically. Your subconscious mind is the rest of it, and that runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and your eating. And so what people do with a diet is they say, okay, now I'm going to control my subconscious behaviors, right? Because you, you don't forget about the snacking at night, right? That, that still comes up. But now you say, oh, I'm not going to snack tonight. I'm not going to do it, right? So let's have a, a sandwich and chips for, for lunch. No, no, we're on a diet. We can't do that, right? And so that's the process of dieting is you consciously trying to control all your automatic behaviors. And your prefrontal cortex uses lots of energy and it depletes. You got to think of your willpower like a muscle. And so the more you use it, the quicker it depletes. And so, yeah, that's why you can't stick to it because you get all fired up and you can do it for a couple of days and your subconscious mind takes very little energy. And so you're always fighting against it. Eventually you get sick, tired, bored, distracted. This goes away and then you just go back to your old behaviors. So it's not that you can't stick to it. It's that your strategy to change your behaviors is, is goofy. Like, like, and I'm not blaming you. This is what we've all been conditioned to do. But you're much better off using your conscious mind to reprogram your subconscious mind to naturally and automatically do the things that keep you at your goal weight. But what you're doing with a diet is you are fighting against your subconscious mind and you're not built that way. Again, your prefrontal cortex is about 10% of your brain. You're not built to make every food decision consciously. You're micromanaging your eating and you're not built for that. It's estimated we make over 200 food decisions a day. 
So it's overwhelming, and, and that's why you can't stick to it. Um, DC Marie, I wish I could just stick to a diet. I'm an emotional eater. Um, again, you don't want to stick to a diet. You want to create. See, again, here's another aspect of the, the whole diet thing that's bullshit, is this idea that there's some diet out there made up by a person that's never met you and that you don't know, and then you're just going to eat like they tell you to eat. It's so weird. Like if, I say, if I come to your house and I say, okay, these are the types of movies you're going to watch from now on. This is the kind of music you're going to listen to. This is the kind of clothes you're going to wear. He's like, no, you don't know me. I'm going to do, right? But but you're going to let me tell you how to eat forever? No, you're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? So again, in Program Yourself Then we have a workbook um, where you go through your mindset, lifestyle, and eating blueprints because you've got to customize how you're going to eat around your preferences, your genetics, your lifestyle. You've got to customize it to what works for you. And that takes a little bit longer, but then it fits you like a glove. Like the way I eat's made for me. And so I love eating this way. It's easy for me to do it because I built it specifically for me. Of course, there's there's concepts and, and you know ideas I'm building around you know that are dietitian nutritionally sound, um, but ultimately it's customized to me when I like to eat, when I feel most satisfied, what I like eating, all of these things. So again, this idea that you're going to just stick to some eating plan all of a sudden that's totally foreign, like yeah, of course it's not going to work. So emotional eating, I think you hit the, the nail on the head here. That's what I would focus on. Never mind trying to change all your eating. I would go into what's the most egregious kind of emotional eating that shows up the most, right? Maybe it's at night, you get tired or bored and you're eating then, you know? But you want to look for the habit pattern that shows up the most, your worst eating habit, right? That's what you want to focus on. And you want to start understanding it first. Like again, with the dieting, you've been trained to use willpower as a one-size-fits-all tool. That's the only tool you got, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what fucking plan you follow, keto, Mediterranean, it doesn't matter what plan you're going to try, intermittent fasting, all of it. It's basically the, the deeper structure of how you're going to try and follow it is you're going to try and use your willpower to force yourself to do that now. And it never works. You're not built that way. And so instead, let's do it strategically. Let's dial in. Let's really zoom in on that emotional eating because there's different emotional eatings you're doing, by the way. We want to find the most common emotional eating, right? And so um, once you work on that, you come up with, you start to understand it and you come up with strategies to resolve it like an antidote, you know? And once that habit goes away and you, you eliminate it or change it, then, you know, the, the eating improves overall without you following a diet. You know, it's much more strategic, natural way to make that happen. Um, thank you for this advice. I finally feel like I can get out of this stagnant zone. That's awesome, Kim and me. By the way, let me let me remind you all, if, you, if you're not in my world yet, um, go to my bio and click the link and go get the hypnosis session. I give you a free hypnosis session. It's called the New Thin Me, and it's a weight loss kickstart session, okay? So it's designed to help you clarify what your weight loss goals and connect to it. It's a very inspiring. And just listening to that, you'll get the experience of hypnosis, how it works. Um, it, it it changes you in subtle ways, comfortably and easily, and you just naturally tend to make healthier food choices when you're thinking that way. So go test it out. And then I give you a training, three steps to master your weight. And then I email you stuff every, all the time. So get in my world. If you are if you want to lose weight, go go do that because you need you need reinforcement, right? That, that's the key thing. So um, get, go get that. Where can I hear your podcast? Uh, all the all the uh, all the podcast platforms I'm on. Um, it's program yourself then. So yeah, you can see them anywhere. I put the videos up on YouTube. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna keep doing that, but I do it now anyways. And so you can hear all the podcasts there. Um, 33 million K. I'm joining. You already changed my mindset. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to see in the program. I, again, my program right now it's it's the deal of the century because 
it's um you literally get to work directly with me twice a week we have live coaching calls every tuesday and thursday and um yeah for for the price that's now it, it won't be that long and yeah it's a good deal um i shared your name with someone who needs weight help yeah that's awesome lisa thank you yeah i'd love to help people again I, yeah send them to program yourself then where you can sign up for that hypnosis session um obviously really serious get the program and, and start working with me uh but yeah watch the tiktoks listen to the podcast watch my youtube channel all that stuff has tons of stuff how to cure sugar addiction i think it might be best for me to give it up completely um okay but you know i get that and i think a lot of people think that way but i also think it's because no one knows how to change their mindset <laughs> so um i ask you this right? let, let me reframe it a little bit would you rather lose weight by never eating sugar again or would you rather master your weight by mastering how you eat sugar and I don't know what your answer is, right? Again, everyone's path is unique to them. You know, that's why I say, I started this off talking about meditation because it helps you know yourself, you know, because when you start building your weight mastery around who you are, like, I imagine, <laughs> like, I know you can't, I know you can't even imagine it. What a crazy idea. But when you do, it's, and I, I'd like back up a little more. I always take, I take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. Wanting to lose weight's not enough motivation. And let's argue about it if you don't believe me, but it's not. And so you really need to turn this into a process of personal development, becoming the best version of you possible. And um, we start there. But so again, the, the sugar addiction, it is real for some people. So I'm not saying there, there aren't people with like real, real addictive eating things. Bright Lines is built on that if, you, if you're familiar with it. Um, so, so that is a type of person. But I've also worked with a lot of Bright Line people that couldn't keep up with it. And it turns out, hey, you know what? They weren't as addicted as they thought. And now they could control and have sugar occasionally. You know, so a lot of people don't assume that. And that's really my path. And again, it doesn't work for everyone. I'm not saying it does. But for me, I'm always one who, you know, I because I, because really like weight loss is kind of like a managed addiction. It's very unusual in the sense uh, where, you know, most addictions, you can just stop it. You know, you never have to interface with that substance again or, or that, that environment or behavior again you know, gambling, alcohol, food, drugs, you know, or no, I didn't say food, um, drugs, alcohol. But when it comes to food, you're always going to be eating, you know, so it really is kind of a managed addiction. It's very unusual in that sense. And so I find that, yeah, if you want to give up sugar, you know, I help people do that. Um, but a lot more people, I've, I've helped them be able to have a more healthier relationship with sugar. And so that's a possibility too. And so it all starts on kind of you yourself asking that question and figure out which one resonates more. Do I want to give it up completely? forever or do i want to be able to have more control over it and i'm not saying you could have more control because some people again they just can't they're just too addictive but it is very rare in my opinion most people are able to have a much healthier relationship with sugar and use it more like um kind of like like i look at alcohol right so i had a problem with alcohol but i never i never it never resonated with me to say i was alcoholic and give it up forever that just never felt right for me and so what i've done is i i literally have a healthy relationship with it now and um i think of sugar very much like that and so, you know, that is another option. And so the first step is to see which one feels the most congruent. That's the key word. All of your success is really built on congruence um, because right now you're incongruent, right? You, you say, and you think about losing weight all day long and you really think you want to lose weight, but subconsciously you do not want to lose weight. Subconsciously you weigh exactly what you want to weigh, exactly what you want to weigh. Don't you find it odd that as much as you think about weight loss, you can't lose any of the weight and that you always stay around the same weight? You know, it doesn't just keep going up and up and up and up and up forever. Have you noticed that? It may over years, you get a couple pounds, but it's not like you're on a, a straight line to 600 pounds. You're pretty much right around the same weight all the time. 
How's that possible? Right? It's not, a, it's not a physical thing. Your, your weight set point, I do not believe it's a physical thing. There are factors that, that do hold you to a weight. That, that They're there, but they're changeable. And so that the core factor keeping you at your weight is right up in your head. It's your identity. It's your self-image. You think of yourself, you identify as an overweight person. That's your core challenge. That's the core thing you got to transform to become a thin person for the rest of your life. Um. Jenny says, doctor has told me to go plant-based for anti-inflammatory purposes. What are some good foods? Yeah, that's great, Jenny. I think everyone should be plant-based, you know, I, and, and eat your meat too. But I think every person on the planet should be plant-based. That's what we've been eating for millions of years, <laughs> you know? So yeah, what are good foods? I mean, just go to the produce section, you know? Um, if you really want to get into it, but this is a little bit almost advanced, but I think it's a great book. It was called Eating Eating in the Wild, Eating from the Wild Side. Something like that. And I'm, I'm blanking on it. I believe her name was Joe. I kind of forget it. But it was such a great exploration of all different vegetables and stuff. It was an eye-opener. Um, but yeah, good foods. I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, well, I'll tell you what I eat. But you know, apples, bananas, greens, peppers, cucumbers, carrots. You know, I mean, what am I going to do? Say all the vegetables? We all know them. Um, but go to the produce section. Find out which ones are most appealing to you, though, okay? And uh, give yourself some time. But that's a, that's a smart doctor you got. Are you counting your calories? No, I don't count calories. Um, I hate counting calories, but again, you know, program yourself in the core rule is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. I've seen everything work for different types of people, you know? So I really, I gave up the idea that like, this is the way to do it. I think what's more important than the way to do it is does the strategy in that way resonate with you? You know, is is it a good fit? I think that's more important because every diet works if you follow it to the letter. The problem is you you can't follow it to the letter because you don't like it. You see what I mean? So we can't just say, oh, this diet's the best one. That doesn't mean anything. You know, the best one's the one that resonates with you. And so that's key. So I hate counting calories, so I don't do that. Um, I think counting calories is a good idea for a calibration exercise, you know, because I think a lot of people are unaware of the calories they're consuming. And so I think it's a good idea to count calories for a week or so just to see, you know, what you thought and what you're actually doing, kind of match those up a bit. Um, and if you love tracking calories, track calories, you know, but I don't like counting calories. However, I do, I eat very intuitively, but I also eat very structurally, you know, so my, my eating is very, very structured and very consistent week after week. And because it's so consistent, that's how I've managed my weight because I've made my weight, my, my eating consistent. Then I see where the weight lands. And then if I want to lose weight, I can look at my consistent eating and strategically decide where do I want to cut more calories out? You see? And so again, I'm, I'm thinking long-term first of all. So I don't, that's how I'm able to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like uh, counting calories myself, but if you like it, you go for it. It's counting calories, calorie in, calorie out is probably the most effective short-term strategy to lose weight. It's intense and it's kind of difficult for most people. Um, and it's, it's doesn't seem like a good long-term strategy for most people because they get sick of it. But it's um, it's probably the most effective short-term strategy, you know, for, for, for losing weight. And if you're stuck, if you're really stuck, counting calories, again, is a good strategy because you're probably missing something. Um, George Orwell, great advice. Um, I've simply ditched processed foods and sugar. Yeah, that's great. I mean, the less processed foods, I don't eat much processed foods at all. Um, I think of processed foods like cigarettes, you know, I genuinely do. And um, so I avoid them. And sugar, I eat a little bit of sugar here and there, but I'm very, again, I moderate it. I'm very respectful of sugar. I think of it like a drug. I think of it like, um, I mean, I think of it like cocaine. It's very similar to cocaine. Sugar is the closest thing to cocaine in terms of food. 
You know, I mean, it's a powdered substance. Sugar is not like some natural thing. People intuitively tend to think of like sugar, like you tap the side of the sugar cane and the sugar comes out like you eat it. It's not. It's super duper processed. And that processing is done in big part to get you addicted to it. It's so refined and it's so powdered up. So it absorbs into your body really fast, which makes it more addictive. And it lights up your the same pleasure centers as cocaine does. So, um, you know, I, I treat it with a lot of respect. And I, I think once you put that framing around sugar, it changes the way that you can interact with it, you know? And I know I'm talking kind of crazy, like you know, co cocaine, but I'm still doing it. But, uh, but, but I'm, I'm in a place where I'm happy with it. You know what I mean? Like I, I like how I interface with sugar. I, I get the most enjoyment possible out of it. Um, because I eat it moderately and I'm eating it at my goal weight with, with the health level that I'm happy with. Um, I didn't see. Oh, yes. That's a little question. Um, I might try manipulating myself into being allergic to sugar and processed foods. <laughs> yeah, that won't work, unfortunately. You, you can't trick yourself, right? I mean, it's your brain, right? <laughs> like one part of your brain to trick another part of your brain. Uh -uh. You could never trick yourself, you know? So I always, wanna, I always want you to know that because people try and do that. I was like, like affirmations are probably the busy, biggest example of that. Like you're, you're sitting there saying something to yourself that you don't believe. And you're just training yourself to just waste time. I mean, if you don't believe it, you don't believe it, you know? Um, instead, what I would suggest for sugar and processed foods, if you're struggling with those things, what I would do is I would, mental programming, well, I'd use a lot of hypnosis to do it. Um, but another form of hypnosis, go watch a sugar documentary. Go watch a, a YouTube video about processed foods. You, you know what I mean? Like you, the way you think about sugar and processed foods you have been conditioned through millions and millions of ads in your life to minimize the damage and the negative effects of sugar and processed foods on you. It's just like cigarettes. Cigarettes in the 50s. If you send me back 100 years ago and I saw someone smoking, I went up to them and said, hey, that's bad for your health. They would look at me like I was crazy because no one thought about cigarettes as being bad for their health. As weird as that seems, right? It wasn't until we all got educated and understood the link. You see, and that's where we're at right now with food. This shit is literally killing people. We just accept. I mean, the obesity rates are skyrocketing. I mean, it's 75% of the population is overweight or obese. Type 2 diabetes numbers have just gone insane. And we just accept it. It's almost oh, it's just part of getting older. It's not. You see what I mean? So there's so much conditioning. And so you have to you have to recondition yourself, reprogram yourself. That's what program yourself then is all about. But one way you can do that is don't, don't try bullshitting yourself that you're allergic to sugar and processed foods, just go watch some stuff about what they actually are and what they actually do to your body. And that reality will do a lot more, um, will have a lot more impact on you than, than trying to bullshit yourself. Uh, Chloe says such amazing advice. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. I'm a boredom night eater. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so Erica, so that's what you focus on. You know, great. You know, it's boredom. So the question becomes, okay, as you recognize, I'm using the food for entertainment. I mean, I'm using the food to entertain myself. And so the next question becomes, what are some other ways I can entertain myself that don't involve food? People ask me all the time, like, what do I do? I'm a boredom eater. I mean, you start doing more interesting things. Don't take that personally. It's not an attack on you, but come on. I, I don't say, I'm not bragging here, but I, that's part of what, what helps me master my weight. Again, that's why I say you gotta take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. A big part of my weight mastery is the fact that I play guitar. Um, I read a lot. Uh, I draw with my son sometimes. I play basketball. I go for walks. I hang out with my dog. Go play with my family. Like, like throw frisbee around. I, I mean, like there's, I don't have enough time to do all the things I want to do. And there's a lot more things I'd like to do. 
So I think it's really important that part of your weight mastery is doing more interesting things, becoming a better version of yourself, you know? And when all of a sudden you, cause again, like when I didn't play guitar, I'd be bored at night. And what would I do? I sit and watch TV. And what do I do when I watch TV? Well, I want to eat. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I changed that whole night routine up. And so now I'll play guitar and I don't have enough time to do the things I want to do, you know? And, um, so, so again, you know what I mean? Like it's such an obvious answer when I say it, I hope. Um, but it's just, we don't think that way, you know? So, so, so often, again, I always say like program yourself in like one of the core kind of components of it is that a lot of times people are like first person, you're going to come through your life first person. Like, Oh, I keep boredom meeting. I got to stop boredom meeting. No, let's take a step back, you know? And that's embedded into the program yourself then process because the core part of the program is the program yourself then technique. It's a, it's a one, two minute self-hypnotic programming technique you do at night. Um, it's a redo technique and a rehearsal technique. You redo your day and you rehearse tomorrow really quickly. But part of what's in that is you, you, you separate your awareness. You kind of step back from yourself and kind of look at your life from a different angle. And that perceptive, that perspective shift is so powerful because you see things from a different angle. You don't realize you're always looking at your life, your eating, your behaviors from the same point of view. And so you're missing so much stuff. And so just the process of taking a step back and looking at yourself from a different angle, it, it brings in all this new information. You're a smart person. The problem is you're not getting the information you need. And I tell you, I do this. I work, I work with really smart, intelligent, successful people, right? It's 25 grand to work with me privately, okay? So these are people that are very, very successful, but they're overweight. They can't change their weight, right? The millionaires, successful right? business, super smart, but they can't change their weight. How is that? You know, and how it is, is that we're, we're not like, we're like multiple personalities is the easiest way to think about it. It's very hypnotic. And so in one situation, we put them in a work setting, they have access to all these resources, put them at home at nine o'clock at night. They're like a different version of themselves with no access to those resources. Now they could access those resources, but we operate very hypnotically and we're different versions of ourselves in different scenarios. So I, I don't know, I might be talking over you, but, um, Anyways, yeah, so, so the boredom night eater, don't, don't just, don't accept that, okay? St let that be a starting point. I, I have found in the past, I've been a boredom night eater. What can I do to change this? I don't want to eat at night. I don't want to, I don't want food to be my main source of entertainment. What a, what a boring life that is, because it is boring. That's why you feel bored. <laughs> the food just distracts you from the boredom for a minute. It doesn't actually entertain you, okay? So demand more, all right? Um, I love waking up to your wisdom. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Vicky, I didn't know you were here. What's up, Vicky? Be listening to your live with my eyes closed. It's almost like meditation. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, listen to my the podcast. I mean, the more you listen to the podcast, it's it's again, I'm not just saying things to you folks. I'm using my craft is hypnosis, you know, so I'm speaking to your subconscious mind uh some degree. So the more you listen to this, the more effect it'll have on you. Right. And that's why in the program, program yourself then. Um, there's a couple different components to it. There's the two minute technique I show you. That's the most important piece of it. There's the workbook you fill out that really you create your own blueprints for how you're going to be thin and healthy. Um, but then there's a lot of hypnosis supplementation. And so the program, I deliver it through your phone, right? Cause again, the hardest part of lose of, of change is remembering to do it. So I know you're going to look at your phone tomorrow morning. And when you do, you're going to see a message from me. You're going to click on that message and it's going to give you a five minute hypnosis session, right? So the program's eight weeks. So every morning you wake up for five minutes, you start your day relaxed, calm, focused inwardly, getting all this positive messaging, right? And each session has a core um, weight loss mantra in it. And, um, and you listen to it. And, and just listening to that five minutes sets you off on a different path for the day. 
So without dieting, without exercising, without meal planning, you just tend to make healthier choices because you're relaxed and calm and you're thinking differently, right? And then at night, you get another message from me, hey, do your, do your programming technique. And then there's another 10-minute hypnosis session, a sleep gnosis session. And there's two versions of them. One you can listen to it count you out, go about your night. The other one you can listen to as you go to sleep. There's no count out. So you just listen to it. Again, get more core weight loss mantras put in your head, go to sleep. So it bookends your day thinking like a thin, healthy person. You know what I mean? Like it's profound. Like it's just, it's crazy. It makes so much sense when you hear it. And then you realize, oh shit, it's the only program on the planet that's like that. You know, and then, then you get to coach with me. Um, you get to work with me twice a week, which is the most valuable part of all of it. Um, how do you feel about 36-hour fasting, the 36-12 method? Well, Natalia, uh, like I said, there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. So it's more about what do you feel about 36 hours of fasting? <laughs> if you love 36 hours of fasting, then I would suggest that you build your whole life around that and master your way based on that. That's what I would say. Miss um, Mash, how to program myself to eat healthier? Yeah, great question. That's a great question. Um, how you program yourself to eat healthier. Okay, the first thing to recognize is that your eating is really run on autopilot. So it's gonna take longer than you think. Not to bum you out, but just to be real. You know, weight loss, you have to recognize you've been bullshitted <laughs> by the diet industry to thinking about weight loss in a time frame this big. And it's probably one of the only things in your life that you think about where it's like, you're gonna just start tomorrow being perfect, right? Like if you're gonna learn like a language or a musical instrument, it's like, you know you're gonna suck for a while you know you know it's a, it's a path you know what i mean that you're walking you get better and better over time but weight loss you start tomorrow being perfect you know so the first thing i would suggest to you is that programming yourself to eat healthier getting yourself to eat healthier give yourself a little bit of time you know a lot of it is just figuring out your routines getting habits implemented structuring so what i would suggest to um eat healthier is to start with breakfast okay that's usually the easiest meal of the day to kind of change up um, because it's usually where your hunger is the lowest, your willpower is the highest, and um, it, it's one of the easier meals to change. So I would focus on getting the breakfast started. Think about your nutrition every day. is like building a house and you build from the ground up. So your nutrition, every day you're starting, you're building a new house with your nutrition and you want to start with a solid foundation. That's your breakfast. And if you can get a healthy breakfast implemented, that in and of itself is going to influence what you choose for lunch and then ultimately for dinner. So that's a big deal. Okay, so get breakfast locked down um, as many, you know, variety as you need, right? My superpowers, I can eat the same thing every day, five days a week. I don't care. Um, but you figure out how much variety you need. But I would start with breakfast and really dial that in and then move on to lunch, then move on to dinner. Um, what's up, Don? How's it going? Sue says, what about using plain popcorn as the go-to when I feel like I need something? Yeah, I think that's great. That's a, that's a smart strategy. Yeah, because... You know, you're keeping, just, just to kind of break it down subconsciously as a hypnotist would think about it, I, I like the plain popcorn thing because you're keeping most of the anchors, right, we call them. Your, your, your hand's moving, it's going up to your mouth, you're chewing, you're eating. So eating like a bag of Doritos or eating a bowl of plain popcorn, they're very similar in the sense that a lot of the behavior is the same. Now the taste is different, the experience is different, um, but there's a lot that's the same. It's a lot different... Say, say you, you started with, eat, I use a ba eat a bag of Doritos every night and you shift over to the popcorn. That's usually an easier shift than to go, what most people do is I'm going to stop eating Doritos at night, right? Well, now you've completely eliminated the eating process at that time period in that situation. And by the plain popcorn, you're still keeping a lot of the anchors, but you've re way reduced the calories. So, so that's, I think that's smart. That's a smart way to go about it. 
Um, Talia says, how do you feel about 36-hour fasting? Oh, yeah, I just said that one. Oh, it's been great for me. Yeah, then that's great. If it works for you, I think that's great. Whatever works for you and you really enjoy, I say great, you know? But I would definitely, I would never look at a strategy just in terms of what it created in terms of weight loss. I would look at that as part of it for sure. But the more important part to me is how do I feel about it? If the 36 hours is coming up and you can't wait, to stop eating and you love that and it's just kind of a vacation from food and you really enjoy that every you know when you do it then i think that's a great strategy if you dread it and you're like oh no i got to do the 36 hours oh god oh i don't want to do that and you find yourself constantly obsessed with fasting and how you don't want to do it then i think it's a bad strategy because it's probably not long term so again i think that's the key key thing to, to focus on um water usually it's dehydration causing hunger cues yep um um, just watched your future discounting vid. Oh, it makes so much sense. Wow, thank you so much. Isn't that a good one? Yeah, future discounting. That's from a book. Um, boy, this is a book. It's a it's a meaty read, no doubt about it, but it's called Thinking Fast and Slow. And um, that is a brilliant book. But what it does, is it goes through a lot of the cognitive biases that we all have. And understanding those biases, another one of those is called Factfulness. And it, it's a lighter version of that. So it's kind of a fun read. And that's, a, that's actually a very optimistic, compelling, I love that book. But anyways, when you start to understand how your brain works, you can be much more strategic with how you're approaching your behavior. You know, and again, this is usually most people's blind spot, you know, is they just have willpower and you're just trying to force yourself to act in a new way with no understanding of the deeper um, processes and structures that are going on. And once you understand them, then again, yeah, like you can become more strategic and you can understand why the dieting mindset is horseshit. It just doesn't work, you know? And then you can start to craft a much more um, effective and, uh, enjoyable and comfortable strategy, you know what I mean? To, to get the results you want. So, um, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. I, I love that video. The future discounting stuff is amazing, which again, you know, so the future discount for anyone who doesn't know is our brains discount the future, right? So if I say, I'll give you a hundred dollars now or $200 next year, most people take the hundred bucks now, right? Because now means more again, all of this stuff's evolutionary. We, we evolved in a natural environment where if we could have it now, there was no guarantee of the future. So now is what mattered more. So it's worth more. And we discount stuff in the future. So now look at weight loss, right? So you got the, the cookie here now that you could eat, or you could have potential weight loss that might happen sometime in the future, might happen sometime in the future. So that's a very uncompelling uh, goal, right? Or, or strategy to have the thing right now or the thing that might happen in the future, right? So we need to reframe that, think about things differently. And uh, again, one way to do that is to really focus on the mental and emotional consequences that follow eating the cookie. You know, so you say, yeah, I can eat the cookie and there is that momentary pleasure. The consumption is pleasurable. It's enjoyable. But five minutes after I'm done eating those cookies, how am I going to feel mentally, emotionally, physically? And when you start thinking that way, you overcome that future discounting problem, right? Because five minutes is, there's no difference. Now five minutes is, is nothing. Um, now I might lose the weight in a month. That's a problem, you know? So when we start orienting ourselves to the near immediate future, I can have a cookie now and that's pleasurable, but five, 10 minutes after I finish eating, I'm gonna feel frustrated, discouraged. I'm gonna be, you know, negative internal dialogue that I'm gonna start saying to myself uh, and I'm gonna feel bad. And when we start focusing on that future that awaits us in five minutes, uh, that's a much more compelling, you know, motivator to, to not eat the cookie now. Hope that makes sense. Um, yeah, so that, that's so valuable, right? And again, that, that, but that's the strategy, right? So you see, like when you, most dieters are out there, they're trying to motivate themselves by the scale going down. That's, the, that's their motivation. And the problem is that weight loss is 
inconsistent and unpredictable, right? In the short term, and when I say short term, I'm talking about like a month weight loss wise. Um, the next month, you could eat perfect. You, you might lose weight. You might not. You know, they've done studies. This is why these weight loss calculators piss me off so much because I get it. They're, they're cool. Like they serve a purpose. Like it's, it's cool to kind of like put some numbers in and get some ballpark idea, but people don't think of it as a ballpark idea. They think of it as like, okay, if I do this, this here, and I'll get that result. And it doesn't take to read too many uh, weight loss studies where they'll take a group of people and they put them in a lab and they control every single calorie that they're outputting and inputting everyone. And what they find at the end of 30, 60, 90 days is that people lose drastically different amounts of weight within those periods of time. You know, even within three months, you know, you might be a slow weight loser. There, there are people that lose weight very slowly, you know, and there's some people who lose weight quickly. So that's just the facts of the matter. And I don't think that's out there enough. And so if you have no sense of how quickly or slowly you lose weight and you start your diet and you're eating well, and then that week, you waited the week and now you step on the scale and it hasn't changed. Well, how are you feeling? You feel like shit. And, and the chances of you going on to week two are way lower, right? And so, um, but it's not, it's not abnormal for people to, to fix everything up and lose a pound or two for the month. And so, oh, you know, they're just destroyed, you know? So you've got to prepare for that. You know, again, in, in program yourself, then we go through the mindsets, the first piece of the program to go through. And um, the very first thing we do is motivation, you know, because the truth is you don't know how to motivate yourself to lose weight, you know? Um, and so once you know motivation, right? So I, I, it's called the motivation matrix because level one is pain and pleasure, how to use pain and pleasure strategically. And level two is intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. It's the literal science of motivation. They have studied motivation. There, there's a science of it. Look it up if you don't know. Wouldn't that be valuable to you, you know? Wouldn't it be helpful if you understood the science of motivation? Right. And what you'll realize is that a lot of the things you were doing intuitively are ass backwards, you know, and so you don't have a chance in hell. Like, I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm, I'm saying it to point out that you just doing what you've been doing is just going to give you more of the same. You know, you, you've got to do something different to get new results. Good news is that doing something different is more enjoyable. It's fun. It's more long lasting. It'll make you healthier, happier, <laughs> a better version of yourself. You know, uh, your dog will love you more. You, you know what I mean? Your, your, your relationships will improve. You make more money. <laughs> <laughs> everything gets better, you know? So I don't know why it's such a hard sell, but I think it's because people are so conditioned when it comes to weight to just lose weight quickly. You know, that, that's all you can think about it in. But that way of thinking about it, it's kind of like, it, it's, um, keeps you trapped, you know? So anyways, all right, everyone, I got to get out of here. But uh, if, again, if you're not in my world, go to my bio, uh, click the link and go get that hypnosis session. If you're not on TikTok, go to programyourselfthin.com um, and go, go free hypnosis session. You can get that. Watch the training. It's about a half hour, three steps to master your weight. And um, yeah, if you're real serious, get the program. You know what I mean? We, we can work together. And uh, yeah. And then obviously there's new videos coming on TikTok. They're pretty good ones coming up. So keep a lookout for those. Podcast is Program Yourself Thin on all the major platforms. And I think that's it. All right, everyone. Have a super day and we'll talk soon. Bye.